0: My koi fish. My koi fish are doing lovely in the pond, but more importantly, my co-host,
1: DJ just... Academics. <laughs>
0: Stop! Oh, no, oh, yes. now we really <laughs> got to go back to the cut. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> oh boy, Terrell Granum, welcome back.
1: How are What's you, sir? Up? I'm doing good on this fine morning. Yes. What's up, Will? How you doing?
0: Because if you're DJ Academics, that makes me DJ Vlad, and I'm we're not. I'm I'm not trying to interview all these sketchy guy guys being like the feds you know that's i'd say look.
1: you re- you've have a, a better rep than dj academics at this oh, point oh boy listen i don't
0: want to i'm not trying to dj anybody because i'm a tr- i'm an mc um <sighs> heavy hole podcast <laughs> terrell it's been a long time since we had you on
1: welcome back how you been been good man just you know playing shows listening to slams you know okay. the usual yeah well, I, think-
0: I we'll get around to it later but you brought something in you did something <laughs> um, uh, and it ties in, ties in with the last time I saw you, actually. We played a show a few weeks ago now, by the time this comes out, with um, Mortician. Legacy New York Act. Uh, played two shows with Mortician, the second of which was at the old St. Vitus Bar. That was a great night. Uh, we saw Immortal Suffering and Malignancy that night um, with a cavalcade of characters from the tri-state area death metal scene in and out of the St. Vitus bar was great, man. You remember that, or
1: no? Oh, of course. I think you just gave me an idea for a band name, Cavalcade of Carrion. Cavalcade, like a, ooh. Like a gore or something band. I don't know.
0: That would be a good name for Carrion Vale's uh, uh, greatest hits album. That they might True. put out one day. Ca- yeah. The cavalcade of carrion. I love Talk
1: to me, Trev. You gotta you gotta pay for that though.
0: Oh boy. Man, we're off we're off to a, a brilliant start here in the new year for the heavy old podcast. I love this though. Um what what's what's new over- all right? We know I've been I've been banging people over the head. Reeking Aura, we're gonna be writing an album, we're gonna be recording an album, we're 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 gonna be doing it. I did talk to Rick uh and and other illustrious members of gray skies fallen about their band obligatory i gotta ask you how's status doing how are the guys how's everyone feeling is everything everything meshing? everyone doing okay
1: <laughs> there's a lot of feels <laughs> i saw actually i saw some of the boys last night i went down to oh st vitus um you know at this point of the episode it was a couple of weeks ago but uh just saw sarmat and kilter and the boys in replicant you know that we we toured with a couple months back with reeking
0: Oh, oh man. Okay, yeah. Let, oh, wait a minute. Let's go slow. Let's go cuz we have as does as does pop up on the show sometime an impromptu show review. Um true. True. Yeah, yeah. What's wait a minute? Now let's walk me slow through
1: what happened last night at Vitus. All right. So first off, I have to apologize cuz I missed uh the illustrious Kevin Huffnagel uh, of Gorguts Dysrhythmia. He performed his solo set. I success like he did with the atheist show.
0: I miss yeah. him. I we did an interview with him a <laughs> while ago. It's been a long time since I've spoken with him. But yes, I'm sorry, go oh, on. Oh yeah,
1: definitely no, I definitely need to talk to Kevin about alternative tunings and fishing again. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun.
0: Yeah, delve deep into the fishing uh this time. Next time I get him back on. Um yeah. but pro- proceed for but a- yeah, it
1: was one of those days, you know, it was just like the you know, the drive into to get to the Mortician show. It was it was actually absolutely bonkers. It almost took like two hours just to get there and park, and I yeah. got to go to Brooklyn a little later today again. So I'm, I'm getting ready to to weather that storm. I'm but uh, yeah. I'm,
0: I'm picturing you driving around for 20 minutes trying to find parking at Vitus with the song "One of Those Days" by Monica <laughs> on a loop, like I'm like in a like in a hellish loop, like you're being punished with the song as you're oh, trying man. to find parking. Um, it was a, ba- it was a banger of oh, a song. Sorry. I could probably listen to that song three or four times before I got tired of it. It's a good song.
1: Oh hell yeah, yeah! It's just enough to you know circle enough to to find parking. Yeah, I mean, I allegedly parked illegally right outside of Vitus in the bus stop just to see if Replicant was playing, so I could run back to my car and find a spot, <laughs> a f- and then still manage to catch them.
0: A veritable uh, a flurry of parking violations allegedly being thrown at reeking aura
1: the, shout and, out to and nick list. in blemish
0: yeah I, these um <laughs> we have we, we allegedly are going to release our next album each each vinyl is going to come with a parking ticket for <laughs> that we've earned at a show tucked in we have enough to do about three or 400 uh pressing so oh, yeah, it's all good, man. It's all the purple shirts are paying for everything. I just <laughs> I just I just bought a yacht off the purple shirts, bro. It's fucking nuts. Oh, yeah, the, the green purple parole shirts. I like it. The green sweatshirts I spent on a five thousand dollar Japanese maple bush in my backyard. It's antique. Uh wow. yeah, it's, it's we're writing the next album about it. All that is a joke. We don't make any money off of Death Metal. I'm sorry I sidetracked you though. Um let's talk about the bands that you saw.
1: No. Bonsai Bill. I, that's List- what you made me think of with that Japanese maple boy. <laughs> but I going back to the bands. No, it was you know, Replicant was fantastic as always. Good guys. Um, yeah, good guys. Um, Kilter. It was a new experience for me. That was a three piece instrumental. Uh, one dude with a giant horn. I I don't want to say the wrong horned instrument. Maybe like a bassoon, something like that. And a bassist and a drummer, uh, Kenny Grahowski of Imperial Triumphant oh, fame, uh, yeah. played drums. Kenny, so it was certainly an experience. Nice guy, Kenny. Yeah. Yes, sir. Good and people. then, you know, the boys, Sarmat, you know, a boy, J- James Jones, wanting to get down with his band. Uh, this was their record release show. And nice. uh, he had a, a new lineup and he's rocking out. It's cool.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, I've been meaning to get him on the show, talk to him about all the um the eccentric music he's he's party to. Uh he, good guy. And um a supporter of the scene for for a while now in New York. I always see him around at the shows, man. Oh, uh, shout, shout out to him. And uh we were talking All right, so we had a lot of that con- we went Monica, we went Bonsai Tree Trimming, we went St. Vitus Bar, support all those bands. Uh there was there was something there. You said the guy's playing
1: a bassoon. Yeah. Oh my God. It, yeah. And what was sick about it is he's playing in this register that sounds like a really low tuned electric guitar. He was playing through a distortion and everything. Yeah. And then sometimes he would kind of wail out on higher notes. And if you're not paying attention, it almost sounded like a vocalist was like screaming out, kind of added some, some interesting textures with the music.
0: That I don't like because it makes me feel like someone's coming to take what my job from me. It's, it's like, AI, bro. Yeah, it's only a, it's only a matter of time before the bassoons take over the death metal vocals, man. What are we doing out here?
1: Yeah, that's many AI death metal bands out there?
0: Yeah. All right. Well, listen. You know, there are a lot of AI death metal bands out there. Bands that like the little, like the little twinkly twinkly triggers and quantizing the little. The fractions are speeding in front of their eyeballs like the Matrix as they're doing blast beats in the studio. Uh, Today I want to just strip it down. I want to talk to somebody who plays um, real deal, old school, underground death metal uh, and keeps it sick 24 hours a day. I'm talking about none other than Chris McDonald of Seraphic Entombment, Ectovoid, Father Be Fouled. He's got his hands in in other things. Let's get him on the horn over there. This is Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here welcoming back Chris McDonald uh, to the Heavy Hole Podcast. Chris is, of course, an Ectovoid, Seraphic Entombment, uh, who, has, who has a new album out that we're going to talk about and other projects. Um, but first, Chris, thank you very much for your time. Welcome back. Hey, thank you so much. It's good to be here. Of course, man. Um, like I just said, people can go back and check out when I had you and your bandmate Chuck Bryant on. Uh, from Ecto Void a few years ago, and um, there's a new release out now, which is kind of why I reached out to your camp again. And I'm glad we were able to work this out. Your band, Seraphic Entombment, um, put out "Sickness Particles Gleam," the new full-length album, just this year on Everlasting Spew Records. No?
2: Yep, that's correct.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I checked it out, man. I previewed it before the interview, and um, it's you know it's been getting a lot of um, uh, 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 promotion out there and, and support. I wanted to ask you about that and some other things you, you, you've you been working on. I guess, um, for for starters, Seraphic Entombment, just to like clear it up too, because I took notes and just for the listeners, there's a lot of overlap between Ectovoid and Seraphic Entombment and some other projects, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is definitely a lot of overlap, uh, a lot of inbreeding, if you will, between huh. our different bands you know, it makes sense. We're from the South. So, you know, I guess that, that kind of <laughs> checks. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of, um, overlap. Um, we share a lot of members between different projects that we're involved in, uh, so traffic is It's definitely no, no exception there.
0: Fair enough, man. I want to talk about the album and the band, but something that like, like just on that note, when I was doing, when I was taking some notes about the different bands, you guys are all involved in and what metal archives has on you guys. Um, is it the way it seems that there's like kind of like a bigger extended network of musicians and artists in your area or in that uh, region of the South that are all... And you guys are all kind of like very focused on a very specific niche of death metal, this kind of very dark uh, doom and black metal adjacent neighborhood of death metal, so to speak. Is it is it really a bigger network of musicians down there? Is there a scene, so to speak, down there from your perspective?
2: Um... I don't want to say there isn't a scene. I mean, there's definitely a good community here um, that we've always, you know, enjoyed being a part of, uh, going back many years, even before Activoid was formed back in you know 2010. Um, you know, that we kind of came up in. Um, you know, as we sort of uh, started playing in bands and started coming out to shows. You know, obviously we, you know, we kind of did what you know all musicians do. We started meeting more people and you know, kind of making friends and connections that way. So. Um, there's, there's definitely a scene in a community here. Um, we, you know, we have friends that play in other bands uh, that are, you know, fairly similar to what we do. Um, we've always felt a little bit kind of isolated in, you know, the specific styles that we actually play and kind of the, um, kind of like you said, the, you know, the niche and the genres that we're really super into um, has never really been super represented where we're from, which is Birmingham, Alabama. Um, definitely more so. And kind of the, the surrounding you know regional areas like you were saying um, we're obviously a couple hours away from Atlanta Georgia and there's always been a much bigger you know music scene there which makes sense. It's obviously a much bigger city and so we've always um, kind of that's kind of been our, our home away from home and we've always spent a lot of time over there you know going to shows and hanging out with people and bands there and um, so we kind of consider that part of our scene as well you know even though it's a couple hours away from us um the atlanta georgia scene you know had tons of really awesome bands when we were growing up that we uh formed some pretty close you know bonds with over the years um in terms of like our immediate area i wouldn't say there's really a huge scene here right now um there's a good music scene uh there's really more of an emphasis i would say on like hardcore hardcore is really big in birmingham right now um there's a couple of venues that do a lot of hardcore shows that get just like massive turnouts and it's just incredibly insane when you go to these shows. I mean, you can barely even get in the door of some of these like really small kind of DIY venues. And, uh, it's just, you know, a lot of, um, people just going absolutely nuts at these hardcore shows and, you know, some death metal bleeds into that, you know, there's a lot of kind of crossover between hardcore and death metal right now. So, um, we kind of, uh, see the appeal of that, you know, I'm not really a hardcore fan, you know, myself, but sometimes if I'm in the mood to go to a show, I'll, you know, just go to a hardcore show and have a good time, you know, and just, you know, have people crashing into me the whole night, you huh. know, just kind of, you know, rage and have a good time, you know, nothing wrong with that. And uh, there's definitely some kind of death metal-ish bands that sort of bleed over into that scene or will come through on tour and get a good response. But yeah, I mean, overall, I would say I agree. You know, we're we're pretty, pretty much the main people in Birmingham that kind of do what we do, which is, you know, much more of kind of like, an inspiration of, you know, kind of more, you know, inspired by dark atmospheric forms of, you know, death and black metal, you know, doom. Just that's always been what we've been into and we just always stuck to that and just really stuck to our you know, our guns and kinda of gone our way away with it and hope to, you know, meet people that are into it. You know, we've definitely come across a fair number of those, but for the most part it you know, we've kinda of led the charge on that in Birmingham.
0: Yeah, f- fair enough. Do you, do you see a like-mindedness with, um, if I got his name right, Chris Eats of Cruciamentum? Because if not, if I'm not mistaken, he's from Tennessee, no? And you guys collaborate with him on Exaggerate? He's actually from Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi. But
2: yeah, um, Chris Eats is actually also my bandmate. Um, I play in Exaggerate as well. Um, also, Ryan, who is also a member of Seraphic Entunment, also a member of Void, is also a member of Exaggerate. So God. there you go again with kind of the, the cross pollination there, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Chris is someone that we've known for many years. Um, he kind of just, you know, we just kind of just started running into him at places and shows and, uh, formed, you know, definitely kind of like a bond just over like, Oh my God, it's someone who's like not, you know, one of the four of us that's like into this kind of stuff, you know? And so we definitely hit it off really quickly. <laughs> and, uh, Yeah, you know, and um, also, um, you know, uh, Chuck White is also a member of Exaggerate, and um, he's someone we've known for many years. He's from uh, Memphis, Tennessee. That may be what you're thinking of. And uh, so he's someone that used to play in a black metal band called Ritual Decay that we used to just have wild, crazy times with, play, like, all kinds of crazy shows and do a lot of awesome partying with, and so we got that many years with him as well, so there's definitely, you know, some some real ones that we go back a long time with in kind of the, the southeast um, area that, you know, once you, you find people that are you really connect with on that kind of level, you know, you tend to, to sit with them over a long period of time.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just painted the picture because that, that, that's what I was trying to con- um, convey to the listeners now when I was doing the research and on Metal Archives that, that there's a real... Uh, kind of solid core foundation of musicians that are in all these bands we just talked about and we just we, you know we just went through four different states as we were having that conversation. So um, it, it seems like it's a very strong regional scene that, that that's appealing I think to some people who collect music and want to get into different forms of death metal is that there's um, uh, other kind of a, a, adjacent bands and and projects And if I'm not mistaken, was it uh, seraphic Entombment that played mass destruction fests? Uh, last year, did I get that wrong? Was it was one of you guys' bands? No, or no? Was it Father Be Fouled?
2: Father Be Fouled played this year, um, which was really really good. Yeah. Um, Boyd has played it. We played it back in twenty nineteen. No, Striving and Consuming hasn't played. Um, yeah, Mass Destruction. Yeah, uh, we would love to do that in the future, but we haven't played that fest yet.
0: Yeah, that that that's what it was. I got it crossed because you're also um. I don't want to go too fast here because I was gonna I was gonna bring up that Mass Destruction Fest is based out of Georgia if I got that right. So it's and they they curate a very similar style of metal. They stick in the old school, the true um of extreme death metal and black metal for the most part. Um but yeah, like like you like I said, I don't want to go too fast, but you are you have been playing drums in the band Father Be Fouled uh for what, what would you say several months now?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um I was uh kind of invited to join. Actually, it was back last year and uh, it wasn't until a few months after that that I actually came and uh jammed with Uh, Justin Stubbs who's you know the founding member of that band and um the only real I want to say the only real you know constant you know member over you know several different lineups although Derek uh the guitar player I think has been there pretty much from the beginning as well yeah um you know uh their drummer for several years Amos who actually um is one of the people who puts on the mass destruction uh fest um It's just, you know, unbelievably busy with other projects and, you know, had to step down. And so they needed a drummer. And um, I was just, you know, able to do it and definitely interested in doing that. And uh, it just worked out really well uh, for me to go ahead and and kind of sign on to that. And, you know, I've been a fan of Father Foul for a long time. I've known Justin for many years and we've collaborated on some uh, things, you know, not directly involved with like playing in a band together, but, you know, he's done some really awesome design work, uh, for me, um, just, you know, kind of as a friend and kind of as a, just someone that, you know, kind of shares a similar aesthetic vision to me. He actually did the, um, all the layouts for the, uh, Seraphic album. Uh, he did all the design work on that and did a really amazing job. So we definitely have a similar, um, like I said, vision for a lot of things. So, uh, when the opportunity arose, I was like, hell yeah, I'll definitely, definitely play drums. Mm.
0: All right, and so, um, like I said, I did want to get into the Seraphic Entombment album. That's one of the reasons I reached back out to you guys in the first place. Um, uh, like we said, Sickness Particles Gleam on Everlasting Spew Records. Uh, right. Well, right off the bat, let me just ask an obvious question. What is Sickness Particles Gleam uh, a reference to? What does that mean, the album title?
2: So, I wouldn't really want to put too kind of firm of of a meaning or definition on it. Um, Really, all the lyrics and um, sort of concepts on the album are pretty, I don't want to say abstract, but, you know, kind of, they sort of flow from a very kind of stream of consciousness part of, of, you know, my, my mind when I create them. Um, But Sickness Particles Gleam, a lot of the themes that I try to explore uh, with Traffic Intunement are kind of a contrast between, you know, sort of light and dark and beauty and filth, um, you know, so, I mean, the, the name of the band kind of plays on the same thing, um, you know, the idea of, you know, sort of, you know, beings from the heavens, you know, meeting sort of, you know, you know, the, the forces of the underworld, I mean, that's a very sort of uh, <laughs> kind of generic interpretation of that, but um, that's really the, sort of the, that kind of duality is what a lot of I try to explore with the lyrics. And that's kind of what the title um, is a reference to as well. Um, so without going too heavily into sort of dissecting it, um, the idea of, you know, it's kind of like a vision I had of, um, you know, sort of, you know, disease, uh, you know, and, and filth and sort of these these fetid, you know, particles that would, you know, infect you that sort of shimmer and, You know, a a kind of ethereal way is kind of the uh, something that I I thought would make for a good title that would also represent what was contained within the album. Hmm.
0: And well, then something I was going to ask you about the kind of uh, the the more the audio experience of the band of listening to the album was um, just being familiar with some of the other bands that you're associated with. This seemed a little bit more. I don't want to use the wrong word here, but, like, not psychedelic, but a little bit more musically expansive. Um, You used the word abstract before. Uh, It it definitely seems like maybe you guys are taking some more musical liberties with this project. You know, the songs are a lot longer. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that. Do you feel, like, a little bit more freedom with this band than with, say, the more traditional death metal projects? Uh, Is there an intent to have it sound like that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, if you if if you want to just speak from that perspective,
2: yeah, no, I definitely uh, think that's that's definitely accurate. Um, I actually, I'm not really someone that listens to a lot of psychedelic music or anything like that. Um, that's not really something that I spend a lot of time listening to. But um, yeah, in terms of just kind of feeling that freedom to sort of you know go any direction that you feel like going with with the the songs and not really feel you know feeling constrained um, by any kind of stylistic parameters or barriers. Um, We weren't really concerned about, you know, kind of following any sort of, you know, templates or, you know, it has to sound like this. This is going to be a so-and-so album, you know. Um, I didn't even really set out to make it, you know, quote, like a Death Doom album. I mean, that's just sort of how the songs kind of unfolded. You know, it ended up being slow and, you know, really long, like you said, kind of long, expansive tracks a lot of minimalism. Um, I've always been a big fan of kind of experimenting with stuff in the studio. Um, I wasn't worried about, you know, we have to be able to recreate all of this live. That was never really a concern for me. Uh, We do, you know, certainly play live. We enjoy playing live and I feel like our music translates well to a live setting, but it's kind of a different thing than what it, you know, is on the album. And ultimately I was like, you know, I'm going to push, you know, the kind of bizarre, unusual, Um, you know aspects of our music on the recording you know that's what I want to prioritize Um, so there was definitely a great deal of you know experimentation on the album um, both in kind of the songwriting as well as you know sort of studio tricks if you were and yeah it was really um, it was really cool to do that it definitely opened up new avenues for all of us that Um, I don't want to say it wasn't possible in our other projects, but we definitely felt more liberty to kind of go in those kind of weird directions with this band. And uh, in a way, this band is a really good outlet for that. You know, um, we just feel like, you know, if, if there's one thing I set out to do with this band in particular, it was, you know, to have it not have any rules whatsoever. You know, I feel like a lot of people start projects, you know, where it's like, well, we want this to be, you know, influenced by Beharit and, you know, Conqueror, or, you know, we want this to sound like, you know, Disma and, you know, a mixture of Disma and Emulation with early incantation influences. And it's like, that's all valid. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with like, um, you know, kind of having a specific sound in mind. But with this particular project, at least, we just want it to just be what it is and kind of go, you know, whatever direction it just happens to go in.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's like we were saying before. There's there you're in this project with um, uh, other musicians who are in Ecto Void with you, and I kind of contrast the two bands because I'm familiar, very familiar with Ectovoid, Void, and uh, that was more the context of the the previous interview I did with you and your bandmate Chuck. Like not to say Ecto Void is boxed in or Ecto Void has rules or any anything of that nature, but it just seems like Ecto Void is a little bit more of a streamlined band in terms of composition and what you're going for, and maybe this was like something where you could cut loose, uh, so to speak. Um, I, you know, if, if that's fair to say.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that's fair to say, and I think um, Chuck and my other bandmates would agree with that. And I think one thing that makes a big difference is um, kind of sort of where the a lot of the songwriting is coming from I mean Exoid you know obviously is you know all the songs ultimately are are you know written really by Chuck I mean he is the 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 songwriter of that band I mean he writes um really 100% of the riffs you know all the material on guitar uh comes from him and you know he's a phenomenal guitar and bass player you know he's not only extremely talented at that but he has And has always had, you know, an extremely unique, um, you know, really sort of, you know, unmistakable kind of melodic sense and really his own songwriting style. So not only does he have that, you know, unique songwriting style, but he's able to execute it extremely well on guitar, you know, or bass or whatever he's playing. And so Ectoboy, you know, has kind of morphed into a band that is really reflective of that You know and it's gotten more you know faster and faster and kind of more intricate and um you know sort of the music just has a lot more sort of complexity to it now um so contrast that with my ability to play guitar which is rudimentary at best (laughs) i have like almost you know no ability to play guitar and i'm the one that writes the music for strapping entombment you know um not to take away anything from my bandmates, because obviously, you know, this is a band. It's not a solo project. You know, I want to make that very clear. This is absolutely a band, um, you know, with everyone having uh, a voice in it. But, uh, I mean, everything on the album was more or less, you know, completely composed by me. I mean, uh, riffs, you know, melodies, uh, drum parts, song structures, lyrics, you know, all all of that came directly from me. And, um, you know, I have an extremely basic sort of, extremely amateurish I would even say you know ability to play guitar and bass and stuff like that and I was you know not really intimidated by that like I was like okay so you know I'm going to take my ability to you know play these instruments because I'm, I'm you know primarily a drummer that's that's my instrument and uh Stravig was actually born uh not to get off topic here but um was really born once I started, you know, learning to really actually play guitar, you know, that was what started. It's like, you know, now I can actually, you know, kind of write my own stuff. But the stuff I was writing was not appropriate for Boyd. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it just didn't fit in with what we were doing. You know, it was a totally different thing. And so I was like, well, I can start, you know, my own projects and, you know, have them do stuff that I'm writing. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, Activoid's definitely not boxed in either. You know, we definitely, like, it's like you said, you know, we definitely go our own direction with that as well it's just like i would say the biggest difference is um you know where kind of the creative uh energy is coming from uh with the way that both of us write music and and play our instruments
0: do do you find it's easier to be um in so many bands when each band has kind of like a designated for lack of a better term leader um, or maybe one or two guys, uh, you know. In each, like, I, I've, I'm just speaking from my personal experience. I'm in several bands. Like in each band, there's one or two guys that are kind of helming the ship and that are more. In charge of the the look of the art and the and the songwriting and so so it's kind of like you can go in one band and you're not really responsible for all that you're you're just kind of playing a role more but then you know you might have your other project where you are does it make it easier for you and is that is that how you feel about it if like each band kind of has its own leader and there's certain bands where you can kind of just show up and know what's expected of you.
2: Yeah, I I definitely do, 100%. Um, I definitely think, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen can be a real problem in bands. Um, And there are certainly bands where, you know, that can work for them. Um, I don't want to say that it's always a problem, but I think a lot of bands run into the issue of, you know, like you said, there's not really a clear direction, and that's primarily because you know, multiple people have different ideas of where things are going, and you know, due to egos or just due to creative differences, I mean, it could be any number of things. Um, You know, the band kind of falls apart because there's not really, the music, you know, and and sort of the creative focus um, gets, you know, sort of, you know, pulled in too many different directions. Um, I absolutely think that, I mean, it's always worked out best for me. I mean, after years of playing in bands to have sort of, you know, if not, you know, typically really just one. I mean, a lot of times the the most successful projects I've been in have really had one person that kind of does a lot of the, you know, um, core songwriting with maybe another person that's heavily involved in that process that can add their input or maybe bring their own, you know, riffs or kind of, um, you know, finishing touches to the table. And, uh, And then the other members show up and contribute, you know, their, you know, input from their own, you know, instrumental standpoints but uh it's very very hard to write songs just like from four different people coming in and hmm. all everyone bringing their own ideas again maybe that works for some people it's never worked particularly well for me i mean like i said in active chuck you know absolutely spearheads the songwriting i mean i write lyrics and stuff like that but chuck absolutely you know brings the rest to the table um it's you know i bring the rest to the table um we're not so much active uh, at the moment, but we also played in uh, a band called hegemony and uh, that was, you know, that was Ryan's thing. You know, he wrote all the music in that band and we just sort of, you know, formed around that, you know, exaggerate, you know, is, is primarily, you know, Chris Eakes and Chuck's Chuck White, you know, to clarify. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think, you know, having someone that's really like bringing the, their focus and their vision to the forefront, Really helps things actually get done, you know, because nothing really makes a band stall out and kind of fall apart more than just sort of lack of focus and, and action, I think. And having someone, you know, just like you said, kind of being the the not even necessarily like a leader role, but just like you know, creatively being like, these are the ideas I'm bringing, you know, and I'm going to keep bringing them, you know, and I don't want y'all to flesh it out. I think that works really well.
0: Yeah, like you know, just some form of a, a lead role in the um in the process. Yeah, I just wanted to um get your input on it because that's, that's always been my experience as well. Um and and one one more question on that note. Um, I now I don't know. First of all, if you guys play live particularly often with most of your projects, but have you ever done the thing where you um you guys do double, uh double bill yourselves? You know, yet you you have like two of the projects play together or even tour together, and you're doing double sets each night.
2: All the time,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly,
2: yeah. more than more than I would like, uh, especially when we do local shows. Um, yeah, Xivoid e- uh, and Seraphic Intuement in particular have done quite a few double bookings, and it's cool. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say. I mean, it's it's fun. I, I certainly enjoy it. It's definitely something I would like to scale back a little bit in the future. Um, I don't want people to think. I don't want people to think that Seraphic Intuement is like an offshoot of Ectivoid or you know, just like a side project, or I don't want us to be seen as like a filler band. You know, it's like, well, we gotta have another band on the lineup, you know, let's just yeah. toss, you know, seraphic on there. You know, I really want us to stand on our own two feet and kind of be our own entity. Um, we have a very different sort of live presence than Ectivoid. Um Ectivoid, you know, we kind of get up on stage and we just, you know, go as hard as we can and uh, we really enjoy that. Seraphic, I really try to really push the kind of atmospheric qualities of the show. Um, I don't really want it to be fun, you know, um, this is, you know, a good ripping, headbanging, good time, you know, for a Seraphic show, that's not really the vibe I'm going for, (laughs) Um, you know, I I keep the light, I want the lights down, I want, you know, heavy fog, tons of reverb and delay on everything, you know, interludes, like, I want it to be, you know, dark and fucked up and weird, and I want people to feel that in the crowd, you know, so it's just a different vibe from X-Boyd, and to kind of jump from one to the next, uh, band, you know, and have that kind of vibe shift while also having the same people on stage, you know, I feel like it's a little, you know, jarring. Yeah. Um, and on top of all of that, it's kind of a lot of work, you know, like, I mean, it's kind of like a lot, you know, I mean, <laughs> we're all perfectly capable of doing it, but, um, when I'm, when we're doing strapping and I'm, you know, singing and playing drums at the same time, which is the only, uh, band I do that in. And uh, I try to go as hard as I possibly can, you know, when I do vocals. I mean, I I try to absolutely, you know, crush it as hard as I can. And, uh, you know, our sets are, you know, long as fuck, you know. (laughs) At at a minimum, they're like probably 35, 40 minutes. So, um, you know, typically when I get done with that, I'm not always in the mood to then jump back on stage and, you know, blast my way through an active voice set. But, you know, that could also mean just, you know, being lazy maybe i just should just do it more and you know just get over it i don't know but uh yeah in the future especially now that this album's out i definitely want to do less of that but we have definitely done plenty of double shows
0: (laughs) i i i can sympathize i was in a grindcore band that shared a lot of members with more of like a uh uh, melodic doom metal band so like there was always people trying to get the two (laughs) bands to play shows together and it just it was you know it didn't work one band had like a 15 minute set the other band had like 10 minute long songs um oh, God. like yeah, a huge
2: that's I, like a huge shift that's an even bigger shift it was yeah it was
0: all love but it didn't you know um regardless um, when did you start doing vocals and playing drums
2: That was with uh, Seraphic consumment um I had never that was a, a brand new thing for me mm-hmm. um I had never done really vocals in any capacity before that and uh, again it was kind of like you know let's set this apart in some way I mean, you know, like I'm, I'm already going to be kind of writing, you know, the music and everything and doing the lyrics. So let's, you know, try my hand and doing vocals. And, uh, I kind of struggled with it at first. It took me a little while to kind of find sort of my range and kind of get used to it. I feel like that's probably pretty normal for doing death metal vocals and whatnot. But, um, once I kind of found, you know, kind of, you know, hit that, that range and stuff that I was really comfortable with, I started to really enjoy it. And, uh, now I'd say it's probably my favorite part of of playing our stuff live to be honest. And uh I got used to, you know, doing both at the same time, you know, pretty pretty quickly. It wasn't, wasn't too much of a a jump and uh our songs on the drums are pretty straightforward. Um so yeah, I would say it's been about six years now that I've been doing
0: Because that. because uh, well, it's um uh it might not come so natural to a lot of people. Um and it's it's something that I know I, I've tried to do in the past. I'm I'm obviously not a um a very accomplished drummer but it's something that i've tried to do in the past and sometimes it doesn't always come natural do you use a uh do you just use a, a mic propped up or do you use the headset live
2: no i just i just put a mic up to my face i've never used a headset or anything uh, it might be easier honestly um and i will say that if i was doing you know some crazy like you know absu style drumming or some like really fast stuff i you know might be more um tempted to do that but you know our stuff is, you know a lot of time is pretty slow tempo and everything so i've never had a problem just you know yeah. using a mic you yeah, know it hasn't been an issue so far
0: <laughs> I, well yeah, uh, drummers who are also doing vocals is a topic of conversation on this podcast um several times now uh it's 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 always something um uh, applaudable and, and metal in my opinion uh so you mentioned ecto void um i'll let you tell it i think you guys got some news in ecto void at least for people who might be uh, awaiting some something from your camp
2: yeah, we do. Um, we have been working, uh, throughout the year, uh, recording our third full length album, which is long overdue at this point, And, uh, we're definitely very excited to finally get released. Um, we, you know, just as shit tends to happen, you know, you know, life kind of got in the way for a while. Um, and then obviously the pandemic and stuff slowed us down a little bit, but, um, we've been working on writing songs for the last few years and, uh, we finally hit the studio back in March. Um, we've done a few sessions. And uh, as of this past weekend, we finally almost finished recording everything. We just have um, lead guitar and some more stuff to add on to it. So, uh, yeah, we're extremely uh, excited to get this uh, new album out. We're really, really proud of these songs. And I'm very happy with how everything is coming along in the studio. And, uh, you know, it's been years since we recorded, you know, like I said way too long, so long overdue. So that's definitely
0: good news. Uh any plans moving forward of uh live shows? Um any any you might even want to plug or promote uh in the weeks coming up or anything like that?
2: Um not really anything on the books right now for ectovoid or Seraphic. Um I, you know, I'm, I'm I expect that definitely to change um, you know, in the near future. Um, hopefully, uh, once we have the, uh, all the, you know, kind of the formats in our hands for this graphic album, we're still waiting on the vinyl to, to arrive. Uh, we definitely love to do, you know, some release shows, maybe even like a really short kind of, you know, maybe like a four date you know, uh, you know, kind of short tour somewhere would be really fun. Um, nothing really off the cuff right now that I'd like to mention. I will say that Father Rufald is going to be doing a European tour next year. Um, which is uh, definitely going to be awesome. We're going to be supposed to be touring with uh, Fossilization, uh, which I don't know if you've listened to them, but they've been uh, getting a lot of uh, press lately for their new album, and which is really awesome. And uh, so we're going to be going overseas. That'll be my first time uh, doing that with any band. So that's going to be pretty awesome. And uh, But yeah, other than that, nothing really else on the books right now.
0: Okay, man. Um, fair enough, man. So Ectovoid fans can look forward to a new album next year. Um, uh, people over there in Europe should look out for the Father Be Fouled and Fossilization coming over there. Uh, and Seraphic and Tumon's new album is Sickness Particles Gleam on Everlasting Spew Records. Uh, we've been talking about it, and I'll, I'll give you the opportunity, obviously, to plug and promote anything I may have um, failed to bring up. But at this point, I'm going to ask you to recommend one older and one newer release of music for just just to recommend for me and the listeners, something from back in the day, something a little bit more recent, metal or any genre, whatever. Just what whatever you've been listening to or you want to talk about.
2: Oh, damn. I wish I'd come prepared for that. <laughs> uh, let's see. For an old album, I'm going to recommend Violent Restitution by Razor. Ooh. Absolutely phenomenal thrash metal album. Everyone should listen to that. If you're into thrash metal and you don't listen to Razor, I don't know what the hell you're doing, to be honest. <laughs> um, I was on a huge gig with them around Halloween, so definitely check that out. It is some tough Canadian old-school shit. And then um, for a new album, I really want to uh, hype the new... Uh, well, it's not; it's a couple years old now, but uh, the newest drawn and album is called uh, Congregation Pestilence. Mm. Um, that band is just phenomenal. I mean, I think they're like really, really slept on. Uh, I actually just saw them and and played with them uh, at Mass Destruction. Um, They've been going for like a really long time. They put out a ton of great albums and uh, people just never really seem to talk about them that much. I don't know why. I feel like that's like slow starting to change. But uh, they've been on like a huge tear lately, Um, drawn a quarter, like uh, really everything they put out in the last seven or eight years has been absolutely top notch uh really good dudes. So that would be my new pick.
0: Yeah, I do like Drone and Quartered and I've seen on social media that they've been really getting out there and doing the festivals and getting and playing a lot uh, of shows Um, the last few years. I I reached out. I, you know, I sometimes I just look up uh, on social media and on websites where you know, with contact addresses for bands. Uh, I don't know if I got the right one, but I did reach out for an interview. But if anyone out there's listening and wants to put Point uh, Drone and Quartered my way, I would love to get that interview in because I know that that's Um, a band, I know there's probably, I think there's one, like one guy in that band who probably has like been in, been in through the whole, uh, discography going way, way back to the nineties, probably like one or two guys, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: for sure. Um, uh, you know, honestly the name escapes me right now, but, um, the, the bass player, vocalist and, uh, the guitar player are are essentially founding members. So yeah.
0: Yeah. It's head up. Gotta, I, yeah, I got to get some of those old-school guys. All right, fair enough, though, man. Um, even your even your newer recommendation is is kind of old-school. Uh, <laughs> that, that's awesome, man. So, Chris, I, I appreciate your time, man. We've had you on for a while here. Um, like I said, I'm going to encourage the listeners to check out all the music we just talked about, uh, including that new Seraphic Entombment album out on Everlasting Spew Records. We're going to keep our eyes peeled for the new Ectovoid album, um, and we're going to be watching out for you with, with Father Be Fouled. Father Be Fouled um are you are you you know are you just doing like the live uh drummer thing or, or or do you plan on like writing and recording with them or you'd rather no comment now
2: oh no no i'm definitely gonna i'm definitely like a full-time member i'll definitely be on recordings and everything and uh we're definitely gonna be working on uh new stuff in that
0: uh realm for next year also so definitely keep your eyes peeled for that all right cool man we wish you the best of luck going forward with all that stuff uh and getting over to europe enjoy yourself man that's awesome um or heavy whole podcast listeners go check out that father be Filed fossilization tour in europe when's it gonna be the summer 2024
2: uh it's gonna be more like the fall um september going into october
0: all right so people got plenty of time to prepare for that and get their tickets ready um chris thank you so much for your time man we wish you the best is there any um first of all anything i forgot to plug or promote that you want to talk about and then if uh, following that any um parting words for fans of your music and listeners of the show no, nah,
2: well, that's it, man. Thank you so much. Um, always a pleasure to speak with you, and thank you so much for, for having having me on and uh, supporting everything that we're doing. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you know, the Traffic Enseamment album is called, you know, Sitness Particles, Sitnic- Sitness Particles Gleam. Let's definitely edit that. Let me try that again. <laughs> <laughs> the Traffic Enseamment album, uh, Sitness Particles Gleam, uh, is out currently on uh, CD and cassette Uh, The vinyl edition was actually just uh, spoiled, announced. uh, That will be coming in February. Uh, I know some people have been asking me about that, so I did want to mention that. Um, The vinyl edition is certainly on the way. It just takes, you know, obviously a little bit longer than the other formats, but um, that can currently be uh, pre-ordered as well via Everlasting Spew. So uh, definitely check that out if you're into vinyl. But yeah, CD and tape available now. And uh, otherwise, yeah, that's it.
0: Thank you so much for having me
2: on. I really appreciate
0: it course man uh have a great night man thank you all right thank you all right dude and i'm gonna i'm gonna cut it right there man i'll um we're probably gonna put this up in about uh, a week or two and i'll send you guys the links and all that man
2: that sounds awesome yeah thanks so
0: much yeah of course man good talking to you brother have a good night man all right you too thanks. All, all the best man Thank you very much to Chris McDonald. Uh, please support all of that music that we just discussed in that interview. Um, and you know, I was speaking before about people that see the Matrix running in front of their eyes as they're doing music. So Terrell, that's that's a good segue to welcome you back in. How,
1: how are you still with wow. me? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Zach Galifianakis.
0: No, oh my God, no, it was a compliment, man. You're 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 a, you're a talented musician. I've seen you play guitar. I've seen you play guitar and I know that you're thinking like you're you're playing the riffs with one side of your brain and the other side of your brain is thinking about how to stack merch boxes in the van like you're already there <laughs> you're you're there before you're there it's like the I've been Holy watching shit. been watching a lot of terminator lately man that's all I'm saying <laughs>
1: Dude, I'm keyed in. I'm keyed into Skynet. Yeah, but no, You make a good point. I, I get got a little distracted. I got to stop thinking about other things while playing. I just gotta. <laughs> <play it. laughs>
0: dude, while there's, if I made a podcast about the things I've thought about while I'm on stage, I probably would lose a lot of credibility. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Let's let let's move on, man. Um. Anyway, thank you very much to Chris McDonald. And speaking of losing credibility, um, I'm about to recommend some some bands here, uh, so you guys could judge me on my taste but before that terrell you brought something to the table uh, all kidding aside now there are there are some twinkly little matrix uh, uh, riffs going on here
1: um yeah, it is. <laughs> I <got> it, <laughs> come
0: on man um we're having fun but tell tell them about what you brought in and then I'm going to give my real deal honest opinion all kidding aside
1: okay so uh my recommendation is theurgy uh and it's really a track from a split uh, the, the song is called the path to initiation and it's from a four-way split coming out soon on new standard elite uh featuring this band theurgy the band anal stab wound i didn't make the name excretions i think and infibulated i know i'm probably saying one or oh, no no sorry it's another I band and Syllaburity? And oh man <laughs> i can't you know if i can't do it man we're fucked uh Either way, um, so (laughs) it's just one track debuted um, by this band, Theurgy. And I've been following these guys for the last two years. And what um, really keyed me into them, uh, to this band, is kind of that they kind of got both things uh, going on. Like Will just joked about the AI uh, machine, mechanical parts of it. And they have that. They have these really shreddy, overt, like late era tech death parts but also mixed in with some really nasty, brutal death metal with ultra guttural vocals, like inhuman shit. So it kind of, it tickled both sides of my brain. It tickled the guitar brain and kind of tickled the brutal side of me. And I just love how they just squash these things back to back, like things that you wouldn't expect, like parts out of a, say like a brain drill song or even like a Rings of Saturn song, maybe even some late, late era necrophages or like even some math core parts mixed with your your standard new standard elite uh blasting brutal death metal. Um in terms of some of the members, it's somewhat of a ultra brutal death metal super group. Um, this guy Marco, who I'm not too familiar with playing guitars, but he's he's kind of leading the troop. But he's surrounded by some talented musicians with uh, Nikhil Telwalker who is uh playing bass on this one. But we actually played a show with him last week at Mortician. He, he filled in on drums for Immortal Suffering. I didn't know that was him. Yeah. Oh, that, my. That, okay. was, that was the legend, the, the man, the myth, the legend to kill.
0: We were introduced, but I just didn't make the connection. Interesting.
1: Okay. All, yeah, right, all right. All right. All he, right. That's just one of those dudes that, like, pushed me to shame. He could play every instrument, like, perfectly. I, I've, been want, I've been wanting to get him on the <laughs> podcast.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, young prodigy. Um Definitely. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay.
1: So yeah, he's stepping in on um base on this one and uh we got my man Roman on drums. Uh Roman Tutin from bands like Insistent Insistment and uh, Bio Noise <laughs> Generator. Yeah. Uh, just crazy off-kilter brutal death metal bands from Russia. Um so yeah, that's kind of what you got here. It's a short track. Um and i don't know it's either going to make you upset or you're going to giggle at it cuz it's just so ridiculous
0: i was very upset i cried okay and i cried into a pillow that i had made out of an inflames t-shirt um
1: uh oh. no no all right, that means you saw him. Dude, okay that's a whole other topic we'll t- we'll get to that why do i all
0: right guys i'm tr- i'm trying to pull it together I'm sorry, I'm in clown mode right now. No, I wasn't upset at all. I was very pleased with this. Um, the first riff uh, was very technical and Matrix, and then out of nowhere, they just slap you over the head with some really ignorant, brutal shit, and it kind of wavers back and forth between those two sp- areas of the spectrum there. Um, the vocals are disgusting. I really love the The vocals sound like they're cleaning out your speakers as, as you hear them, <laughs> just like cleaning out all the dust from the low end you know, register. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more from this. This, this is that being said, um, what I really want to say is this scene, this unique new standard elite scene of like all these bands where every single band member is from a different continent. And all like this, this is a theme. This is something I noticed. Like, there's always a guy from Russia, there's always a guy from like South America, and a guy from Australia or something. Like, there's always like whatever countries there are, like, there's usually only like one or two band members that are actually in the same continent. It's like they're always there's a lot of international projects. Um, this makes me feel like I don't listen to death metal. This mm-hmm. makes me feel like I'm a poser. Like like this is this is like underground death metal. Like this makes this makes me feel like I don't know about death metal cuz it's so death metal. This is like more death metal than me. Um, Plus one for hell row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the, it's a, this is immersive uh, in the death metal world. I feel like these guys don't listen to anything besides death metal. Besides anything besides brutal death metal, like these, like like you could probably play these guys, um, you know, like dismember or something, and they would consider it like classic rock. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm not saying that that's their opinion. Anyone's opinion about dismember. This is that's just my joke. i yeah, dude. This is like I want to dive more into this scene in the future on the podcast. We've talked about it a lot in the past. The new standard elite scene. Um, what a Dedication to craft. That's all I'll say, man, because there is, it's nothing but nuance with this stuff. Because to the untrained ear, yeah. this band has a lot of personality, but a lot of these bands, um, to the untrained ear,
1: was that the feds
0: no nah, amazon
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's the feds
0: <laughs> terrell saw me ducking out my window right here somebody was walking yeah up my there. man
1: looked like uh Malcolm x for a second
0: somebody's walking up the driveway to the compound man hold up <laughs> that was like that krs1 album cover real quick um uh, but yeah, all all I'll say is is that I want to dive further into these bands, the uh, the new standard elite scene, man, because this is some extreme immersive death metal. This shit, th- this band in particular, this Theurgy, I'm really looking on because they do something very interesting and kind of catchy with it. They they like there was some almost like yes. repudiation rhythms going on um but yeah what what a dedication to craft um that all the all this music implies um it's it's a really interesting scene somebody should do a documentary on this label and
1: the bands that they put out oh yeah man you, you put it you put it really well i think that's why i recommended it because it does kind of stand out it fits so well in the new standard elite catalog but it does set itself apart especially with these um with these hyper technical and like melodic and kind of uh, catchy parts, like yeah. it does uh, set itself apart. But I know what you mean, man. Like a lot of people do feel that same way with New Standard Elite. I've been in rooms with, you know, people from brutal death metal bands, and they're like, "Just listen to this. It's just all the songs sound the same." And it'll just be me and maybe like Sam or some somebody else be like, "Oh no, that's that's Echemosis, or that's no, that's uh, Dissevered." it's like oh yeah yeah one goes ping one goes pong you know what i mean like you kind of just you kind of that's just from obsessively listening to these bands but
0: yeah like people who know every band on new standard elite are um it's like being a scientist like who could tell the difference between different types of plants just by looking out you know what i mean like like, you know and just kind of like identifying different animal species like it's like you just kind of you you have to know more than surface level knowledge about these bands which i I, resp- I again i this is respectful i i wish i was as death metal as these people i'm talking about um before i lose any more credibility terrell uh, final thoughts on this uh, song and um, rem- remind tom again what we're looking for
1: uh yeah so no nah, no final thoughts i also look forward to the full length and to see what these guys are going to bring So this band is Theurgy and the track is called The Path to Initiation. How you doing? How's Atlanta going?
0: <laughs> we miss you. We miss you, Tom. Um, okay, my recommendation today is uh, Sequestrum with Pickled Preservation, um, and uh, that's their 2023 release on Extremely Rotten Productions, which is, of course, the label run by David uh torture dodd uh which was of course in frenolith and ulcerod and undergang and um does all this stuff we interviewed him a while ago on the podcast and had a big conversation about him and his history in the scene and he alluded to this release uh it came out almost a year ago now um i wanted to go back and review it we may have talked about it on the podcast at one point uh but this is really good it's I talked about the Japanese gore grind band Fester Decay a few episodes ago and how they do this really pathological carcass worship style of gore grind. This sequestrum release is not that. It's not carcass worship. It's not a band that tries to sound exactly like some other gore grind band, although I'm sure they do incorporate a lot of inspired elements from like bands like Carcass and and whoever else you want to talk about. But this is like, as a matter of fact, I thought to myself, this probably bears a little bit of inspiration from Mortician. Uh, and yeah. the writing style and the guitar, right? I mean, it's pretty, pretty obvious. Yeah. But I really like what they've done with it because they've almost taken a lot of different elements and combined them in a very original way and made it thoroughly gore grind. But it's gore grind with a lot of personality. You know, and you know, that's the thing is, I, I, there's a lot of great gore grind out there. It doesn't all have a distinctive personality. And what these guys have done with their guitar tone and their writing style... Uh, they take a little mortician, a little bit of classic carcass gore grind, a little death metal, and especially a little rock. They kind of take a little motor, like Motorhead, kind of old school punk, 100%. but but they keep it grimy. It doesn't sound silly. And I think that's the thing. Is carcass at some point when they started rocking out in the later albums, it was it was a little tongue in cheek for me, whereas this has a little bit of that Motorhead kind of dirty punk. It, it 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 makes sense where the way sequesterum does it. So with that being said, Terrell, I want to let you chime in.
1: See, we're on the same page, bro. I don't know if you can see this, but in my notes, I literally put well, you know, I'll just read the notes because you can't see it. I put Mortician, I put Zizma slash rock, Finish Leads, you know, Undergang, obviously, and Carcass. Yeah, because I I got carcass from the opening vibe and some of the track titles and but they don't you could tell it's influence, but it's not a clone and and they're not ripping anything. And I actually liked it more than I thought I would too like, I was like, okay, it's, I assumed it to kind of just be like undergang and just like old school. But uh, not it has its own energy. It's like a slower mortician at times. And like you said, there's those rock out parts. Like, and it's not just rock in terms of the drums. There, in the guitar playing, there's like, it's almost like pentatonic and major scale kind of things that kind of pop out out of nowhere, that feel different. But it's like, oh, this is like, it's, they're rocking out. Like, I, this would really go uh, well live. I, I think. Mm. Um, production is crazy. It's got that um, like tape deck, kind of cavernous like i don't know you could hear kind of what it does to the drums it kind of does it it has an interesting effect on the drums that really kind of make the record and at the end, the end they had an impetigo cover yeah but i didn't really think of impetigo listening to the rest of the music so i thought that was cool to uh, include you know once again i'm well i'm more versed in carcass and mortician than impetigo so that could just be my friends reference but yeah this is really cool
0: yeah, well, is a funny band because it depends what release by them you're listening to. They had some stuff that, like, in their in their older years, their early releases had a little bit more of kind of like a punk noise core vibe. They, then they had some more very serious, like, death metal kind of style releases. Impatigo jumped around a little bit. But, um, but, yeah, this is just a really fun release. And I think, like, maybe the way they incorporate some of those kind of, like, rock out, kind of punk-sounding parts... Um, uh, but still have the death metal gore vibe. That that to me is at least in the spirit of Impetigo, if not necessarily sounding like it. It's it's a perfect little little EP. I think everything works well, and um, it's really fun and distinctive for a style that sometimes gets a little saturated with bands that. That sound alike. Um, you know, I you know what I mean, and that's that's all. And I just the only reason I brought up that band Fester Decay before was because I really enjoyed that release. I thought that was a perfect example of bands that kind of worship the the first two carcass albums and kind of take that style and make it their own, you know, uh palette. Um, whereas this is a band that has a lot of more, you know, their own invented personality to it, intentionally. So there's there's room for both. Um, But this is definitely unique, man. So with that being said, uh, Tom, can you take us to Denmark one more time with Sequestrum's um, Pickled Preservation? I really enjoy that album title. to dave go back and listen to our interview with him um dave from extremely rotten productions uh nice guy man uh give give us the time very busy guy always doing something he's got a lot of projects we're gonna, we're gonna keep our eyes on him man. um terrell how you doing over there man you still with me
1: yeah man i i too love that album title i love alliteration if it's not obvious with bonsai bill yeah
0: uh, what do we say you said something about uh could, could
1: Convocation of Carrion or something Ca- like that. Caval- what was the first word?
0: Cavalcade, Cavalcade of Carrion? Of, you, you yeah.
1: said it. Yeah. Caval- Cavalcade of Carrion? Oh my god. Yeah, cav- Yeah. Shout dude. out to Carrion Vale. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you recognize this little fun fact. When we played the Jersey show and uh, Chain to the Dead, who played right before us, you know, they were announcing the next band, and for some reason he said Carrion Vale. That's true.
0: <laughs> Reeking was, Aura yeah. Mistaken for Carrie and veil in new jersey this a few weeks ago yeah
1: it was such so odd because i don't associate the two but we toured together so i was like there is that connection so yeah i I don't know what went through that guy's head but he was
0: i mean i assume that that guy maybe was at one of those shows or or just kind of (laughs) maybe knows us through so that's that association somehow but yeah, it was still pretty funny that we got yeah, we got shouted reeking or got shouted out on stage as Carry and for a second. I think he caught himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was funny, man. I don't yeah, man. So we're Carry and watch out, dude. Where people think that we're you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not vice versa, man. They're, you know, there's no, yeah, right. yeah we, we could ruin their reputation. I hope they can't ruin ours, man. No shout out to cat. It's all good fun, man. We love those guys, man. We had a good time on tour with them. Uh good boys. Good boys. We wish them the best um i wish the best for everyone else going forward in the new year including you terrell uh with thetis and obviously with reeking or we're going to be working on the album um uh, anything else that I, that I neglect to mention out here we did the recommend those we, we shouted out chris mcdonald of uh seraphic Tuman, ecto void and father be fouled good luck to him in the new year going over to europe and everything like that uh terrell uh, anything else man
1: Nah, nothing for the year. I think the only thing that stood out to me, and I'm sure you've seen this, is uh Hatebreed is doing a residency at Amityville.
0: They are, and I think it's all <laughs> sold out already. It's sold yeah, it's out sold very out. quickly. Yeah, very quickly. I actually understand that those are the last shows at Amityville Music Hall before a major renovation.
1: Oh wow. Okay.
0: That is something I believe I saw on social media. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I I so um yeah, real big deal. One of those shows with tension, one of those shows with internal bleeding. For old school Long Islanders from the 90s, uh, you realize the significance of those of those bands and hate breed uh, at Amityville Musical. It's, that's amazing. I did not get a ticket to any of that. I actually don't go to shows at AMH when it's uh, that crowded because I take up the space of like two or three other fans it's just not fair to the room the fire the fire the fire the amityville fire chief specifically writes me a letter when shows like that go on at amityville Music Hall. me and a few other big guys out here on long island and says stay home let's not make it dangerous i'm joking i'm being facetious i wish everyone the best at those shows um but yeah that's pretty amazing because i actually saw hate breed at the paramount theater here in huntington which is more of a bigger commercial touring venue you know style place so that so that they're playing amh that's that's nuts, dude. That's going to go crazy.
1: Yeah, man, it's nuts. It's real. I also made the realization that uh, Jimmy Jost is like a metal Tony Robbins. Huh. And, you know, I don't really mean that in a negative way. You could perceive that however you want. But I was just listening to like I was doing dishes or whatever and I was listening to Hatebreed live at Bakken and just hearing him you know, talk about positivity. And, and I was like listening to the Hatebreed lyrics and I was like, oh, okay. I just made that connection.
0: It's like affirmations. What he does, he's it's like, yeah. like though it's like twenty twenty year catalog of of metal affirmations. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, much. I mean, he like there's got to be a way. Hatebreed has got to be like like where they could license themselves to just have like a like gym equipment that only plays Hatebreed. You know what I mean, man? Like, totally. Or, totally. like, or have, like, some sort of like, maybe they, they, they might already have some sort of of sponsorship with gym equipment or with a, like, an MMA gym or something. I, I would be surprised if there's not some sort of. If, if Hate Breed doesn't have a tie in with something of that nature, then somebody's messing up, or, you know. I mean.
1: Shout out to Rick and Peloton.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Rick, Rick going for that Peloton. <laughs> we yeah. <laughs> I'm trying trying to think of how to put this. We were talking about band business in the group text one day and we were uh we were we were awaiting an answer on something. Uh and Rick <laughs> just like shared his Peloton stats. <laughs> it was just funny, but he didn't Thanks. I he didn't, he didn't he didn't realize he didn't see the text prior to that. He was just he was proud of himself like <laughs> that. <laughs> that was funny as fuck dude <laughs> rick's gonna rick's gonna live longer than me objectively because me of too, that sure. because of that goddamn peloton i gotta get one of those things um peloton holler at me heavy whole podcast send me one i'll talk about it on the heavy hole and uh, i'll live longer <laughs> <coughs> oh man that got heavy me hole good
1: peloton let's go hhp
0: Shout-out to Rick, shout-out to uh, Ian, um, Dave, all of our co-hosts, and, of course, Tom and Justin behind the scene, man. We love all you guys. Thank you for sticking with me through the years. Uh, looking forward to this new year, Heavy whole Podcast. I got some international guests booked. I got some guests booked who are not necessarily artists, uh, people on other ends of the metal um, scene doing other different things, man. We're really trying to spice it up for you guys this year, and I am reaching out to some more OGs and bigger guests, as I always do, uh, so, stick with us, man. Heavyhole Podcast on Patreon, heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. And the phone number should be in the description where you're listening to this. Thank you very much again to Chris McDonald of Ectovoid, Seraphic Entombment, and Father Be Fouled. I almost said Grandfather Be Fouled for some reason. That would have been embarrassing. <laughs> Oh boy, man. Um, but that almost sounds more evil, man. Oh, no, shout out to him and all those guys. Uh looking forward to getting everybody on the podcast one day. Terrell, thank you for sticking with me today. I appreciate your help.
1: Of course, thanks for having me on, man.
0: Yeah, man. I'll I'll see you in the studio over there with Colin Marston when we work on that uh Reeking Ora album, man. Um we're gonna do a cover of U 2s one.
1: <laughs> all right. Or Metallica's.
0: Yeah, we're gonna do it we're gonna do a mash up cover of both U two and Metallica's separate songs one whoa